Um, how many of you were with us last Sunday for Big Vision Sunday Part 1? Look at that. Glory to God. If you missed it, um, today is a continuation of something we began last week, and it's going to be something that we do um, yearly around here. They're going to get us set up, so uh, give us just a minute, and we'll get all together here for this next part of this. And the Lord wants to do some amazing things for us, and it has everything to do with what Sarah just ministered to you about these, these glory stories, these things that are happening in the church. And, and to, when I say the church, I'm talking about you. I'm not just talking about us, our staff, this ministry. I'm talking about you, the church. And um, so much of it is connected to the vision that you keep in front of you. So we're going to talk more about that today. Before we get into that, Sarah and I both had something come up pretty significant on our hearts in the last few days that we felt like this was the right time to, to say some things to you. I, I want to read to you again something we looked at a number of weeks ago that Jesus said in the book of John chapter 14. Verse one, he said, let not, or you could say, do not, you do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled, he said. Don't let it. When you see these words in the New Testament, do not, don't let this happen. You see it in other places, Jesus said, do not worry. Uh, you see it throughout the New Testament. It'd be worth it to just look at it sometime, do a little study on it. Uh, those words do not. If you study them out, they're some of the strongest, most prohibitive words in the Greek language. There are other translations that translate it like this. Stop it. Stop it. So when Jesus said, do not worry about your life, do not worry about tomorrow, you know what he actually said? Stop it. Stop worrying about it. And you would see some of the same kinds of things here. Do not let your heart be troubled. What's he actually saying to us? Stop it. Stop letting your heart be troubled. Other translations bring this out that that word troubled there literally means agitated. Don't let your heart or stop letting your heart get agitated. Now we looked at this several weeks ago in light of the things going on in the country and the, the upheaval politically and socially. And, and it's still a good reminder when you're watching these things happen in the world around you, stop letting your heart get agitated by it. Don't let your heart be agitated or troubled by it. But what we noticed in the aftermath of all this with the, the spread of the virus or things going on uh, politically and socially is you can see it working on people in a way, maybe like never before, that agitating thing. And we've noticed it, I would say, more in the last few weeks than we ever had before. There is an agitating spirit at work in this world. Now, all of it's rooted in fear. And you know that. We know that. And we see it so clearly. But that root of fear is producing this fruit of just cranky people. Just people who are constantly agitated about one thing or the other. I mean, I won't get into all the details of the experiences we've had, but we had an interesting flight a couple of weeks ago uh, where I just had to de-escalate the whole situation and the flight attendant wanted to know the account of the incident. And I said, man, there's no incident. Everything's fine. But people are just sort of on edge all the time. And I was telling a friend of mine this last night and he was telling me about the experience they had on a flight 
this huge misunderstanding where they're about to land the plane because of everything going on uh, and about to put somebody in his family on a no-fly list. And it was like, wait a second, hold on. It's this agitating thing. We've been out and about in stores where where workers at stores just literally raised their voice. I mean, we had an, this is kind of one of the things that spawned this, um, to say this to you, but just a few days ago, a, a worker that just acted really, really unkind and out of line towards Sarah. And I thank God for this godly woman who just held her peace and didn't say anything. And she came back to the car. I was there with the kids. She told me about it. And I said, I'll be right back. And, uh, <laughs> Very, it, and honestly, I had a very polite and calm conversation with the, um, the manager of the store. And I could see it in her eyes as she was coming towards me. I've asked to speak to the manager. and She's just ready for a fight. Why? Because this is happening all the time. People are agitated. And I'm sure she was very surprised to find somebody who spoke to her calmly and kindly. But we got driving home that night thinking, man, this agitating spirit is at work in this world like never before. And can I give you a major characteristic of a spiritual person, somebody who knows God really well? They keep their cool. They keep their cool. That is a spiritual person, somebody who is walking in a high level relationship with God. They keep their cool. And so I felt like this was the right time, number one, to bring to your attention if you didn't know it already, this junk, this spirit's at work in the world around us right now. But spiritual people, the people of this family, legacy church family, what do we do? We keep our cool. We're calm. We don't let our hearts get agitated and we don't get drawn into a fight. We've had a number of opportunities, I'd say, in the last month or two to get sucked into something. And I'm so thankful by the grace of God, we were able to walk away from it totally calm, totally collected, and, and no, not, nothing escalated from there. I know you've experienced some of the same things. Anybody else had somebody just act all mean and irritable and agitated? Don't get sucked into that. It's a spirit trying to draw you into something. And I know, I know that these things are coordinated attacks against us, against this family, but we rise above this mess. Amen. And the big way you do it is letting the love of God work in you. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And people don't know what to do with that. Like I said, they're ready for a fight. And when that agitating spirit is met with the love of God, it totally disarms the situation. And you might end up praying with the person who a minute ago was trying to pick a fight with you. But that's a high level of spirituality at work in your life. So why don't you just say it out loud. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. I am full of his love. His love for me is working in me, is working through me, and his love for others is on big display in my life. You believe that? Yes. I just felt like this was the right time to bring that to your attention. And, and I think it would be good if this church had a reputation in this community and in the cities around us. Those are the lovingest people you've ever met in your entire life. 
They are the kindest people. They are the most forgivingest people. And we heard my grandfather say it years ago. And it kind of was funny to us when we heard him say it. He said, but you know, when you leave church on a Sunday and you go out to eat, you ought to, before you go in the restaurant, forgive everybody in there. And we got to thinking like, why would you have to forgive people before you go in? Now we know. Before you walk into the store, just say, Lord, I forgive them all. They don't know what they're doing. I I forgive them all. And if Jesus can look at the people that put him on the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. What can you do for the waitress? Huh? What can you do for the person behind the counter? You don't know what kind of day they're having. You don't know what condition their marriage is in. You don't know what their kids said to them and screamed in their face on their way out the door to work that day. You don't know. You don't know. But if you'll let the forgiveness and the mercy and the love of God work through you, it will diffuse every situation. And we, this family, are the lovingest people, some of the most loving, kind, forgiving people on the planet. That's spiritual people. Amen? Can we, can we do that together? Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's, let's get to Vision Sunday. Thank you, Lord. It's another thing that I realized the other day when I was in that situation. I heard on my spirit so clearly it's not worth it. Hmm. A fight is not worth it. Losing your witness is not worth it. <laughs> we are called to be a blessing. Amen. And sometimes if you, wanna, uh, if you want grace and you want mercy, it's a good time in those situations, situations to sow grace, yeah. sow mercy, sow love, and you'll reap it. Amen. Amen. That's really good. It's all a seed. Everything you say, everything you do is a seed. And we were watchful too, and that happened the other night. We're not trying to get somebody fired. That's going to make her day even worse, you know? Uh, so when I talked to the manager, she said, please tell me who it was. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, but we had a very calm conversation about it. And the only thing I wish I had done uh, when we drove away is sought the lady out to just say, is there something I can pray with you about? Now, they may not want it. She may have said no. But I would be uh, clean before the Lord in my heart towards her. So we prayed over as a family later that night. It's just an interesting time to be alive. That's all I'm trying to say. A lot, a hey, lot of things going on around another us. Another thing is your kids are watching yeah. everything you do. Yeah. And whatever you do, they're going to imitate and they're going to do as they get older. And I know that later that evening, as we told Justice the story, he said, Mommy, you sure have been tested this year. <laughs> I said, you're right. You are right. I have been. Yeah. I said, I might have not done too great on some, but I believe today the Lord helped me and I overcame. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. So, well, but they're we, watching. <laughs> Father, we love you so much. You are so faithful. And Lord, we make the decision this morning to allow the love of God, your love in us and working through us to shine big and be bold on the inside of us. We commit ourselves to walk in love by the help of your Holy Spirit. Father, we come before you concerning this word today. We open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts. We want to see and hear and understand more today about your good plan that you have for our lives and for this church family. So we ask you for your help with this. Lord, there's a lot to get to and a lot of things to see and a lot of things to say, but we ask you for the anointing, the anointing both to say it and the anointing to see it and the anointing to receive it, to understand it. 
Lord, you have begun something good in this church and we call you faithful to finish it because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you so much. We thank you for loving us and we give you all the glory for the good things you've done, the great things you're doing and the greater things that are yet to come in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, like I said a moment ago, this is Big Vision Sunday, and we began it last week, and the vision's so big that it takes two Sundays to, to cover everything that you need to in Big Vision Sunday. So if this is your first time with us today, this is different. We don't do this every week, and I encourage you, um, come back. You know, I mean, there, we, we have a great flow going on in this church, and we want you to get as much out of it as you can. But this is family business today. Uh, and I'd realized that we are a new church. I was counting up the Sundays yesterday. I think this is number 13 since the beginning of the church. So we are still very much a new family. It's a new church and as much good as God has already done. I mean, can anybody else sense it and see it? I mean, look at this thing that God's doing here as much as he's already done. We are still in that getting to know you phase of the relationship. Does anybody remember that phase? Maybe you've been married decades now and it's a fuzzy memory, but there was a phase. There was a time in that relationship, man, when it was new and it was fresh and it was young and it was like, I'm in love, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> and that's an exciting phase, but man, how important is it that you have that time where you are getting to know somebody? And, uh, you know, you can get to know somebody only so good on the surface, but it takes time to go deep. It takes time to put down some roots. And I, I'm so thankful for what the Lord's already done, but we need to recognize we're still in that getting to know you phase. You're getting to know us. We're getting to know you. And I am so grateful that there are people in this church this morning. You know it. I know it, that you've heard from God. This is your place. This is your home. This is your family. And the Lord's already dealt with you, put down some roots here. And we are so thankful for that. Uh, at the same time, I know that there are people coming and maybe some in here this morning, you're still checking it out. You're still finding out where your God ordained place is. And that's good. You need to find that out. And we're not so foolish as to think that this place is just for everybody and that everybody is supposed to come here. No, there are many, many, many amazing works and wonderful churches all around us. And we thank God for them. I mean, God is, he's just spread out all over this world and it takes all of us. We're a big family. But what Sarah and I want for you is for you to find that place. If it's not here, I'm telling you it's somewhere. And you need to find it. You need to find that place. You need to get planted in that place. You need to let roots go deep in that place. And don't let anything take you out of that place. Don't let anything separate you from the flow of life that's coming to you in that place. And there will be plenty of opportunities. Whether it's here or somewhere else, there will be opportunities for you to unhook. Do you know that? I mean, we're excited about it now. Like I said, we're in that phase where it's young and it's stars in our eyes. And I love it, man. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But just like in a long-term relationship, uh, particularly a marriage, how many of you know there's opportunities along the way to disconnect, to unhook, to give up? And I would challenge you, don't let anything. You hear me? Don't let anything get between you and whatever is a flow of life to you. That is Satan's whole plan. That's his whole game. He calls it offense. 
Let me get between you and what's bringing life to you. Because if I can cut off that life, then I can cut off all the fruit that you would bear if you would just stay connected. He knows it and you need to know it. So like I said, if it's this church, wherever it is, number one, find it, get planted there. And then after that, don't let anything take you out of that place unless and until God himself has ordained a next step or a next assignment or a next phase in your life, your family, and your ministry. But don't be moved for any other reason. Amen. Amen. And I'll say this too, if you came here at the beginning of this church, and maybe you came from another church or another ministry, we recognize the Lord does that. But you need to make sure that that was the Lord. I know that may sound funny to hear from a pastor telling you, make sure you're supposed to be here, but I mean it. I'm sincere about it. We want you in your right place. We want you in the place where your family prospers. It's your wealthy place. And the reason I say all that is because what we're doing today, what we did last week, this is one of those significant days in the life of our relationship where we get to know each other in a hurry on a day like this. Because what Sarah and I have the opportunity and the assignment to do is to put the vision out in front of you and what we believe the Lord's put in our hearts regarding the future of this church. Now, when you see it and you hear it, if it bears witness in your spirit and a, and a common passion arises and you and I, we're on the same page together, that's a good indicator you're in the right place. You're in the right place. But if you see this and it's, it's something seems like it's not your job or your life or your assignment, then I encourage you, seek the Lord. You hear me? Seek the Lord and find out what vision you are supposed to be hooked up with. That's why this is a significant day. I want to do this before we get too deeply into it. I want to put on the screens for us, guys. We're going to have a lot of things to show you today. So I'm going to keep our audio video guys very busy. So be patient with us all. But I want to put the mission, the mission statement of Legacy Church. I want you to see this. So guys, if you would find that for us and put it on the screen. This is our mission. And we believe that we got this from the Lord. Legacy Church is a, say it with me. Local church with a global call. Now that in itself, just leave that up there for a moment, but that in itself is a mindset and a, and a heart approach to what we do here at church. Yes, we are a local church and there are responsibilities that we have as a local church, but the Lord's been very clear with us. I want you to function as a local church with a global call. We'll talk more about that today. Legacy Church is a local church with a global call, and that calling is to serve our generation with the Word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace. You're going to hear that come out in this church a lot, that your life of faith is simply a response to God's grace. That's what faith is. Grace has spoken. Faith responds to it. And we sense a strong assignment in our hearts to teach people how to live that life. Because the life of faith is a very different kind of life. It's not living by what you see. It's not living by what you feel. It's not living by the course of this world. It's a different life. But we believe our assignment is to serve our generation. And that doesn't just mean people our age, my age, Sarah's age, but every generation represented in this church has the assignment to serve their generation. To serve our generation with the word of God, teaching them to live by faith in the day of grace. How to experience a whole life prosperity. 
You've heard us say it before, but that is prospering, not just materially, not just financially, but prospering in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. That's a big deal to us. We see it in the word of God. We see it as God's will and his plan and his design for our lives. But people, all of us must be taught how to do it. And we believe that's a big part of the assignment on this church to teach people how to experience a whole life prosperity. And then finally, how to raise their families in the household of faith. The scripture talks in a number of places about the household of faith. That's who we are. We're not a religion. We're not an institution. We're a family. Somebody say it. We're a family. We are a family. And not just you and I as a family. We are part of God's family. And that's what he wanted. Was it E.W. Kenyon that said it that way? God wanted a family. He's, that's right. A, a, a father and his family. That's what Christianity is. A father and his family. Um, but just like there were things that were specific and indicative to your house growing up. I know I, it's, it happened in your house as well as it did in mine as teenagers. You found out at various times through your childhood and growing up that there were things that were different about your house than every other house on the street. Even if it wasn't necessarily a Christian home or a believing home, there were things that your parents thought and, and did differently than other kids. You found, out, you found that out when you said, hey, can I go here? Can I do that? And they said, no. And you said, why? And they said, because we don't do that. We don't go there. In my house, right? Mama said, daddy said. You found it out when you said something that you heard somebody say at school. And you found out, we don't say that in this house. I found that out a few times. There are things that are different about the house of faith. There are things that go on in this house that don't go on in other houses. And there are things that don't go on in this house that are very commonplace in other houses. Yeah. And Sarah and I both as living witnesses of what it means to be raised in a household of faith know what some of those differences are. And now we're raising our own kids in the household of faith. And we want to teach other people how to raise their families in that house. And there are a number of things we'll go over in the years. I mean, this is going to be a part of the, the, the fabric of this church. But one of the things that I believe is so definitive about a household of faith is vision. Big vision. We believe big. We teach our kids to believe big. We don't, like I said, live and walk according to what we see. We believe that there's, there's something higher. There's something more to press towards. It's the good plan of God. And so today, in, in jumping into the vision for this church, this is one of the big things that defines us as a house of faith. And it's one of the things that must define your own home, your family, as a household of faith. So that's the mission of this church and everything that we're going to present to you today Everything we're believing God to have, everything we're believing God to do, it all has to come in support of that assignment. And that's, that's true not just in this house, it's true in yours. Get the vision, get the mission from God, and then you'll know what to believe God for. You'll know what to have faith for. And you'll know what's a waste of time and something you don't need. Because if, if, if what I want doesn't help accomplish this mission, then I don't need it. 
And as my grandfather used to say, if faith in God can't get it, I don't want it in my house. That's a good way to live. If faith doesn't get it, I don't want it. What do I need with it? So today, as we present this vision, just know that it all goes back to undergird and fulfill that assignment. Uh, Sarah, would you read to us again from the book of Habakkuk? You ministered on this last week in Habakkuk chapter two. We talked to you last week about writing the vision. And perhaps one of the most familiar passages of scripture on the subject of vision is here in Habakkuk chapter two. And Sarah's gonna read it again. She ministered some very powerful things about that. Guys, while she's reading that, I want you to get some of those before and after pictures ready. And we're gonna go through those in just a moment. But we're talking today, we talked last week, I should say, about writing the vision. Um, Did anybody go home and write the vision? Okay, good. Praise the Lord. We've got hands all over. Uh, I know maybe some of you heard it and you, you didn't do it. Listen, I know a lot of this is new and some of it can be foreign. How do I go about it? Well, um, we did our best to make it clear last week. We're going to continue to make it clear this week. The big thing is stay open to the Lord. The big thing is let him get through to your heart on some of these things. And today's going to be a demonstration, an example of how to write the vision. And we talked to you about three categories last week when you're writing your vision. Who remembers what number one is? Kingdom first. When you're writing out your vision list, the first thing is the kingdom of God. What are we going to sow into the kingdom? How are we going to serve in the kingdom? Number two, does anybody remember? Know what you owe. Know what you owe. Be clear about uh, any financial obligations that you have, because if it's ambiguous to you and you're you know, like an ostrich with, a, with its head in the sand, you're kind of ignoring it, then you cannot be in faith to see that debt come down and be wiped out. Know what you owe so that you can believe God for the extra to get it taken care of so that you can be free. Freedom is God's plan and has been all along for your life and mine. And then finally, the last part of that vision list is believe big. In this house, we believe big. In Father's house, we believe big. And we stretch. We stretch beyond our own strength, We stretch beyond our own ability. And I don't care if you're talking about physical ability, mental, financial, whatever it is to believe big, you got to get out there beyond what you can reach in your own pocket and meet the need of. And like I said to you last week, that's one of the best indicators you're hearing from God. Oh, look, he wants me to do something impossible. That's so him. (laughs) That is so him. And you need to be willing to let him stretch you to that place where it's beyond your ability and over into his. So if you did not bring a vision list with you this morning, if you didn't take the time to do it last week with your family, listen, I want you to get out something to write with, something to write on, if you do it on your phone or on a piece of paper, and quickly make those three, uh, those three items there. Kingdom first, know what we owe, we believe big. And you don't have to get it all done today, but start something today. This is for your sake, not just ours. Start something today that the Lord can go to work on as you write the vision and make it plain. Will you talk a little bit more about that today? Do you want me to read the scripture? Yeah. Okay. This is Habakkuk 2, verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. 
For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Amen. The just shall live by faith. And I want you to notice there that is connected to the vision. And there were three things that came as directed from the Lord to this prophet. Number one, write the vision. That's what we talked about. Number two, make it plain. I love things that are simple. Anybody else? Simple helps me. Make it plain. And we have a tendency sometimes to over, we call it over spiritualizing or hyper spiritualizing something, but keep it simple. Make the vision plain, make it simple. And then that last part of what he said was make it plain so that he who reads it may run with it. Somebody say run with it. it. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Come on, run with it, right? Somebody puts something in your hand. They say run with it. What does that mean? Means you take it, you go, you do something with this. So what we talked about last week, writing the vision. What we're doing today in this service is we are going to make it plain. We're literally going to put the vision on these giant electronic screens and it's going to light up the room and we're going to put pictures along with it. So if you have a hard time getting it, then these pictures, it's going to be like a, a, a children's storybook. It will be so easy to get a hold of today. We're going to make the vision plain. But the reason we're writing it and the reason we're making it plain is so that you can run with it run with it. That's what this is about today. Running with the vision. And I do feel like I have to warn you about something. And maybe you want to talk a little bit about this, but this is happening across the church today. So not just in here in big church, but your kids right now, as we speak, have been given a a piece of paper with those three numbers and those three headings Kingdom first. Now, I know a lot of your children are probably not in debt. Um, (laughs) I did tell Justice yesterday, you owe me a hug. Uh, But we are teaching them exactly what we're talking about in here today. What do you believe in God for? Come on, kids, let's believe big. What what do you want to see God do in your life and in your family? And when they bring that list home, let me say something to you. Do not belittle it. Do not laugh at it. Do not scoff. Do not make light of it. Do not say this is too expensive or that is too much for God. Do not use these words. We can't afford that. Don't let those words come out of your mouth. There's a lot of things you and I can learn from our kids. I've always thought that from the day justice was born. I thought, man, this is one of the best Bible teachers I've ever had. He's taught me more about the heart of a father and the love that God has for us. And the thing about children, you know, Jesus said it uh, in various places through the gospels. He, they, they tried to keep the kids from him. And he said, no, you let those kids come to me. He said, unless you humble yourself and become like one of these, unless you receive the kingdom like a child, you won't inherit. You won't have anything to do with it. That that's, he, he talked about the way we receive and the way we, the way we receive is supposed to be like a child. We're supposed to be learning from those kids how to receive things. Do you realize that children are one of the only demographics of people that don't struggle with big vision? 
How do I know this? Ask one, one time. Ask a five-year-old sometime, what are you going to be when you grow up? Huh? Ask a seven-year-old, what are you going to do when you grow up? Astronaut. Professional baseball player, right? President of the United States. And some of them might want to be all of those things. We were sitting at just his kindergarten graduation when he was a five-year-old. And we had to sit there and listen to every one of these five-year-olds that was graduating uh, tell what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I was amazed at the vision that these kids had. It was some of those things I listed. Other kids, I want to be a ninja. You know, and it was one right after the other. I want to be an astronaut. But do you notice you've never said to a five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they'd say, well, I'd really like to go into the space program, but man, the college tuition just to get there is quite overwhelming, to be honest with you. And um, I, I could go into another field, but the job market is so slim these days. You've never heard a five-year-old, you've never heard a seven-year-old talk to you about any of the hindrances, any of the barriers that keep them from dreaming. You and I could learn some things from that. It's not until we raise them to believe that there are limitations, that they start thinking small. Because they hear us say things, well, we can't afford that. That's for other people, we can't do. That's why I'm telling you, don't let those things come out of your mouth. There are several things that I believe define the faith of a child. And I'm gonna ask you to Tap into that inner childlike faith today as you uh, see and hear some of this vision. You know, one thing about children, they are so quick to believe. Have you noticed that? They're so quick to believe. Now, I realize that there's a flip side to that. I realize that a child's tendency to believe anything is probably why there are whole generations of younger brothers and sisters that believe they were adopted or just found on the side of the road. Why? Because they had an older brother that was like, you know, you aren't even really, mom's not even really your mom and dad's not, what? Uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-huh, really? Yeah. And they're so quick to believe that's something that's actually not true. And that's where our growth has to take place. But when it comes to the things of God, you and I need to be like a child, quick to believe, quick to lay hold of it. I see it in the word, that's the truth, right? Children are quick to believe. I've noticed this about kids. They are not afraid to ask. They're not afraid to ask for something. They're not afraid to ask for something big. If they see it, they want it, they'll let you know. They're not intimidated by the cost. I'll notice this about kids. They are quick to receive. You have never given a child a Christmas present and they opened it and said, wow, thank you so much, but I just can't. It's too much. Dad, you spent too much. Please, I'm not worthy of this. Anybody ever? No. They are quick to receive. They don't have any of that shame to deal with, any of that condemnation. They're not believing lies. They believe if you gave it to them, that must mean you want them to have it. And they'll receive it. They're quick to believe. They're quick to, to ask, quick to receive. And here's another big thing. Children, do not let experience limit expectation. Yes, so good. They don't let experience limit expectation. Well, part of that is because they don't have a lot of experience. 
But that should be our same mentality and the same posture of our heart that no matter what we've been through, no matter what we or anybody else has experienced, not even, it doesn't even matter what we're experiencing right now. If we see it in the word of God and we know he wants us to have it, we will set our expectation on it and we will continue to believe God until we see it. But most of the rest of this world lives with expectation severely limited simply because they have never experienced it or maybe they don't know anybody else who has either. But kids aren't like that, are they? So as you see and hear this vision today, let that childlike faith come up on the inside of you. Can, Tell them what's, what some of the things that the kids were talking well, about. I heard this, um, thought about this this week as I was praying over service today. Last week, if you were here, we talked a lot about um, told our story about believing God for a spouse, for each other. And um, I said in here on Sunday, some of you younger people in here are believing for, um, to get married or are believing for some of these things. And the Lord this week, as I was praying, corrected me. And he said, that's not just for the young. That is also for many people that are um, older, and he said to me, um, and I wrote this down, old and young should have a clear vision out in front of them to run toward. We should have vision at every stage of life. Vision is not only for the young, even though they're better at it. It's not only for the young, but it's also for the old. And until we move on to glory and move to heaven, we are supposed to have a very clear-cut vision laid out in front of us. And I believe as I prayed this week, the Lord was dealing with me. There are a lot of people in here that his vision for you is a marriage, is another marriage, is a future with someone to, to do life with and to run this race together. So I want to encourage you, if that's you in here this morning, take hold of that word and believe God, I'm not too old. I'm not too old to see and to have vision and to go for it and to run after what God's called me to do. I'm not too old. And, um, you know, this week we um, sat down with our family and talked to our kids just like we asked you to do that with your families. And Jeremy and I were just so moved by what our children told us when we asked them for the three parts of their vision. So number one, if we can put this on the screen, our first part of the vision, um, of our vision list is kingdom first. And um, can you go ahead and put what that means? Do you have that? No. Oh, no, not that. I'm sorry. Um, just what that means to put the kingdom first. That may be from last week. I know they had, they had it up earlier. Okay. You got it? They're getting it. Um, so what that means to us is knowing what, we'll knowing what we'll sow and how we will serve. And so we ask our kids, what does this mean to you? And what is your vision for this? And Justice said this, and it so moved me. He said he wants to give money into a new project at the church. Well, we haven't announced those projects yet. He's just getting excited and expecting. He doesn't even know about them yet, what they will be. But then he said this one. To be useful wherever needed, at home and at church. To be useful wherever needed, at home and at church. And I thought, 
justice, in one sentence, you summed up the heart of our service teams of this church. You summed up what Jesus talked about when he ministered on what real service is. You know, a huge part, do you want me to get into this right now? A huge part of the heart of this church and the mission of this church is to have a group of people who will love and will serve each other well. And so we've developed these service teams where we've asked you um, to pray about being a part and being a help. Do you know what the word service means? Why we call it service teams? The word service actually just means to minister. It means to help, to administer aid. It also, I'm going to read this to you. It is your worship unto the Lord. A lot of people think worship is music, is singing, is what we come in here and do just on Sunday mornings where we praise and we shout and we lift up our voice and then we have these soaking times at home. No, Romans tells us that service, our service unto God, it's our reasonable service, which is our worship. Our worship is our service, how we serve God. So here in this church, we are very, very serious about serving God, about getting plugged into a service team, about finding out what God has called us to do in this local body. You know, there's a lot of people that may have a ministry where you travel on the road and you are out there doing what you're called to do, and that may be a huge part of your ministry. But this place right here, God is, is developing this place so that he can develop you. He has created Legacy Church so that we can, as, as children of God, and as people called by God, be developed by God. And being a part of a service team and getting involved in serving the Lord in your church, if this is your home, it's important to get plugged in and serve. Why? Because serving is how you develop fully. And a lot of people haven't understood that. They think people create service teams so because they need help in the church. That's not why we created service teams. We created service teams for your sake. We created service teams so that you would develop fully into everything God has called you to do and to be. And you know, a lot of people that talk about their ministry, well, that may, you know, you may get a call, could you help with this? Could you serve here? Could you do this? And they just say, "Mm, I don't know if I feel like doing that. That's not really my ministry. Well, without knowing it, you told us a lot. (laughs) in that response. And I'm not saying this has happened yet in the way I just described it, but I will say this. There's a lot of things that God asked me to do when I was under my pastors before I moved here. A lot of things that God put, uh, that were, were asked of me and required of me that I didn't think were my ministry. I'm gonna tell you some of them. Some of the things that I did at my old church, I worked in the children's ministry. I, I um, worked with kids' music. 
I served in hospitality where I waited tables in the back for special meetings and services. I worked in the kitchen where I prepared food for the ministers. I sang on stage some, but I also worked on the the Christmas floats for the parade. I did everything they asked me to do, everything. I stood in the back and I greeted people. I, um, I came early and I practiced with the kids band. I sat in youth and just listened and was there available to help in any way. And what I didn't know that all those things they asked me to do were developing me for what I'm doing now. And you know, a lot of people, um, they, they get picky about what you ask them to do. They only want to do this or they don't want to do this. But what is real service? It is just being a help. It's being available. It's being willing. And this is the kind of heart that pleases God. The psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. I'd rather be back there standing at the door saying, good morning. So good to see you this morning. I'd rather be out in the parking lot waving and showing the love of God and blessing the people. You know, my job and Jeremy's job is not to convince you to serve or to make you to serve or to, or to try to get you to do things. It's never gonna mean anything unless it comes out of your heart. And it's completely between you and God. It's not between us and you. This is completely between you and him. And it's a humility thing. It's completely a matter of humility. This is our, our motto here in the service teams. Happy to help. Here to serve. Happy to help. Here to serve. Happy to help. So we're going to ask you guys as we go on in these weeks ahead, don't be so picky about where you're asked to serve. If you trust God, you know that he will put you in your right place. If he has to, he'll move you around. You're trusting God. You're not looking to man to do it for you. Not being so picky about little things, how it's done, what's, how it's handled. You know, it's an amazing thing to just have an opportunity to serve God in any capacity. And the more and more you go on in ministry, you see this. A lot of people are so, so bent and set on what their ministry is and what they're going to do. Ministry is service. That's all it is. They're so bent on, no, this is my ministry and this is what I'm gonna do down the road and I have this great call and I can see myself doing ministry. I can see myself in all these things you see yourself doing but are unwilling to do the little thing. Whoever is faithful in a little thing, God will make ruler over much more. Much more. And I wanna read you this scripture and if you just think about the heart of Jesus. Let's see if I can find it. This is in Romans chapter four. Is it Romans? Sorry, is it Matthew 20? Got this written down. Being faithful or serving? 
While she's looking for that, let me mention this to you about it as well. You know, we talked a lot about the kind of atmosphere we want in this place. And when, we, when people walk in, if it's their first time, we want them to breathe in an atmosphere of two things. Who remembers what it is? Faith and love. The atmosphere of this church is supposed to be one of faith in Jesus and love for each other. But do you realize that that is not all determined by who's preaching that day and what they're saying? I can preach faith until I'm blue in the face. I can preach love, preach love, 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 love. But until we're demonstrating faith and until we're demonstrating love, it will not affect the atmosphere of this place. And there will be no atmosphere of love until, unless and until we start serving one another. So when you, if you want to know what this place is about, you want to know what the culture is here and the vision here is, is here, we are a place and will be a place full of an atmosphere of faith in Jesus and love for each other. How do we demonstrate that love? By serving one another. And the Lord's been very clear with us about this. Many of you are working full-time secular jobs or you're at home working. This may be one of your only opportunities to demonstrate how you put the kingdom of God first. We're blessed to have lives that revolve around this. And I realize that's not everybody's vocation. And what you may need is an opportunity to say, Lord, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. But you do realize that's done not just in what you say, but in what you do. And when we give you opportunity to serve, that's an opportunity for you to stand before the Lord and say, I'm putting you first. Yeah. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. This is in Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. And what a wonderful passage to just meditate on. Yet it shall, um, verse 26, yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Glory to God. So, now, can I just say this? Yeah. If you are a Christian, you cannot leave out being a servant. You can be a believer without serving, but you cannot be a disciple without serving. And I heard my pastor say that a while back. I did not come up with that. <laughs> but if you wanna be a disciple, if you truly are serious about the things of God and becoming all he's called you to be and to develop fully in this lifetime, you must act like Jesus, act like the anointed. And his whole heart was not to be served, but to serve. Glory to God. So as you're filling out your vision list, and you're putting the kingdom of God first, there's two questions you have to answer. What are we going to sow? And number two, how are we going to serve? And um, we talked to you about justice saying, I want to sow financially into the church. But what else he said? I want to be available. I want to be useful wherever needed at home and at church. And then when we talked to Jesse about her vision list, uh, she said she wanted to sow into the church project. But then this is what she said as well. And this is the one that literally almost brought us to tears. She said, I want piano and drum lessons now. right now so that when I'm older, I can play in church. 
And we just thought, what better? Vision. What better vision for a seven-year-old to see herself worshiping the Lord in church. And that's what her mommy did. That's what I did. I played in youth ministry. Sarah played in children's ministry, youth ministry. Both of us were a part of worship services and adult ministry. And it's just a, a special thing to see your kids get that same kind of vision. That's looking into the future. That's looking into the future. And it's not just big in the sense of, yeah, I want to go to space or I want to be the president. Those things are fine. But what is the kingdom assignment attached to it? That's what we've got to teach our children. And many people say, baby, you can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever you want to be. Well, if you're growing up in this house, you may want to adjust that. You may want to say, baby, you can do anything God's called you to do. You can be anything and everything God's called you to be, but help them find the kingdom assignment attached to the vision. And, you, and the one way that you do this is not just, not only by talking about it, but by doing it, by demonstrating it in front of your children. They will see daddy go down and put God's things first and they'll want to do it because they saw dad do it. It'll be important to them. It'll be valuable to them. But if they never see mom and dad do it, if they never see you say yes when you're called on, they won't do it when it comes time for them. And it's so important to demonstrate, not just be a talker, but be a doer of the word of God. Not just to hear, I come to church to be fed, for people to do things for me, but I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna take my part in the family business and I'm gonna do what God has asked me to do. Amen. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I just wanna say this one more thing, um, in this, and I'll be done with the vision, I mean, for the service stuff. But not very long ago, I heard Jeremy say to a group of ministers, to a group, a congregation, I'm so thankful for Sarah because she's been so in the thick of it, taking care of and overseeing the construction for the church and getting things going to get the church up and running. And I kept hearing him say that to people. Sarah's been like, you know, she's had this anointing come on her to do construction and to do this work for, to build this church. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I got really irritated by it. <laughs> I got annoyed and I went to him and I was like, babe, do you think that's what I'm anointed to do here is to handle the construction? Like you tell everybody, Sarah's anointed to handle the construction. And like the construction is just, you know, like that's what I'm called to do. Like I was just like, you know, really? Do, can I, do I not, like, am I not able to preach the word or to sing and minister to people in the presence of the Lord? Or, construction? That's what you have to tell people? And seriously, it was my flesh, but I was, I was getting bothered by it. So I went to him and I said it very sweetly and I started crying a little and I said, do you think the construction is what makes me valuable here? Like working construction and overseeing the construction? Like, do you really think that? And he just said to me, he said, Sarah, the reason I talk about it is because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you would take that and handle it and do it for the sake of the kingdom. And I'm not, you know, having to do it. I'm being able to pray or whatever. I don't know everything we talked about, but basically it means a lot to Jeremy. So I said, okay, well, I'm glad it means a lot to Jeremy, you know, but, <laughs> but later I knew I was having a bad attitude. 
So I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, help me think right about this. You know, sometimes you gotta go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know I'm wrong. Help me see this clearly. And the Lord just ministered to me so much. I don't even know if I told you this. He said to me, Sarah, if you had not done what I had asked you to do for the construction and not been a good steward over that, I would not be able to give you more. And the things you're standing in today and the things that I'm asking you to do on the, in the stage or on the pulpit in that setting, I would not have been able to give them to you unless I knew your heart was to do anything I ask you to do. And it's so very, very biblical and it's from the heart and the words of Jesus that if you're faithful in a little thing, he can make you ruler over much. Praise the Lord. That's a good word. And uh, somebody had to build this church. (laughs) And and, and at the risk of sounding repetitive here, it did mean a lot to me, not just to me, but to our entire staff. And and it truly was uh, an increase of the grace of God to come on her to lead it and to to have vision for it. And, And there is certainly an anointing to do a whole host of things here. The construction's not my specialty. It's not, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to say. <laughs> but what the Lord was dealing with me was that I had to do the little things and be willing and have the heart to do it or I wouldn't be asked to do the big things. Amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So I want to get to our vision list and the time that we have. I want to present to you what Sarah and I have sought the Lord over and what we believe we have direction on for the coming year. But let me just mention something to you right here. December 31st, 2021 is not a deadline for all of these things to be accomplished by. We're not putting deadlines on God. And don't do that when you're dreaming big. Don't get to the end of the year and say, well, it didn't happen. I guess it's not gonna. Come on, man, we are in this thing for the long haul. And if there's something like Jordan ministered earlier today, there was something he'd been believing God for for 15 years. And you just stay in faith. Well, what if we get to the end of the year and we hadn't seen it yet? That's the easiest question of all to answer. Don't stop believing. Just keep, keep with it. Stay with it. So let us present to you what we believe is the vision for this church in the coming days, months, weeks, years, and so on. And in kingdom first, this is what we're going to do. Guys, go ahead and put this up there for us. Kingdom first. What are we going to sow? How are we going to serve? Number one, Pearson's Ministries International is setting aside 15% to what we call our God account. So that's 15% of all the income that comes into the general operations of this church. Right away, we take 15% off the top. That's tithe plus five more percent. And we put that in an account we have labeled our God account. What that means is the money that goes into that account does not get spent in the operations. It does not go towards salaries. It does not go towards uh, payments of any kind, any other kind of operation in the ministry. That is set aside and that percentage goes outside the walls of this church. And this is how we put the kingdom of God first. And it's, and it's how we keep other people on our hearts and in our minds too. We have to continually remind ourselves. You need to remind yourself all the time. There are other people in this world besides you. Yeah. 
<laughs> there are other people believe in God. There are other people in faith. And what an honor it would be for the Lord to be able to use you to help see their faith come to pass. Amen. So through Pearson's Ministries International, which is the ministry we've had together for 10 years now, uh, we take 15% off the top right away that goes into that God account. And then at the leading of the Lord, it goes out into other missionaries, ministries. I'll tell you about that more in just a second. Um, in, as far as the church is concerned, Legacy Church, what we're going to do with the income of the general uh, operations of the church, we're going to start with 11%. PMI, Pearson's Ministries, has been around, like I said, 10 years now. The church is brand new. So we're going to start with the tithe plus 1%. And what you're going to see in the years to come is that's going to go up and up and up and up. And I believe, God, that we can come to a place in this church and in this ministry where we are actually giving more than we're operating on. But you got to start somewhere, right? So we're going to start with 11%. That means every time you give into the general operations of this church, something undesignated, because if it's designated, it goes to a project. We are required by law to put 100% of what you designate to that project. But anything that comes to the general operations of the church, right away, we're going to take 11% and we're going to say, God, this is yours. We don't spend it on ourselves. We don't use it on needs that we see around here. This isn't for Jeremy. It's not for Sarah. It's not for anybody else but you. And then we say, where do you want it put? Now, how many of you could see yourself doing that in your own house? Taking some time as a family and say, what percentage of what comes in do we want to see go back out to be a blessing to other people? And if you want to, start a God account where you put money that belongs to him and you don't touch it. You say, Lord, this is yours and I'll do with it what you want done with it. So you start with the tithe and then you add an offering to that. And uh, what we're going to do in the coming year is continue our giving to other ministries. Uh, go ahead and list some of these things. We've got other ministries that we support on a regular basis, which include uh, global missions. We actually have a couple, a family that are uh, missionaries in Africa that have told us Legacy Church is our home. And we've been partners with them for years. But now you as a church are supporting this ministry in Africa and places around Africa. And right now you are training pastors. You are building churches. You are uh, supplying curriculum to pastors all over, particularly the nation of Kenya and other nations around Africa and even into India. And you're doing that through your giving. We're also a part of uh, supporting a local prison ministry here in our area. Um, that's in obedience to some things that we see in the word. Jesus said, if you visited, uh, you, you came to visit me in prison and his disciples said, when were you in prison? And he said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. So we're supporting that. We're also supporting uh, international Bible school and ministry training teachers. This is a ministry that goes primarily internationally teaching in Bible schools and raising up other ministers. You're a part of that. You're a part of that on an ongoing and regular basis. And what we want to do, part of our vision, is to develop Legacy Church outreach ministries. Back to what Jesus said. He said, uh, you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And he said, when you've done it to the least of these, you've, did, you've done it unto me. Part of our assignment as a local church is to minister to these needs of people around us. 
And as a ministry, we've done it some here and there, but I just feel like now as a local church body, this is the opportunity to fulfill that assignment, to minister to the least of these. And when we do it, it's like doing it for Jesus himself. So this is how we're going to put the kingdom of God first this year. Set aside in our giving and continue to support missionaries and ministries outside our own four walls. Moving on to the next part of the vision, knowing what we owe. Go ahead and put that up there. Know what we owe. What is it? That's it. That's the whole list right there. And I wanted, I wanted to show you how short the list is, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but we believe when we saw this property, the Lord told us, get it. And we didn't have everything we needed to, to uh, get it, but we sensed the Lord was in it. So we made an offer and through a relationship, the Lord connected us with some lenders who helped us get into this place and saw great favor with them. But I believe it is the plan and the will of God for this place to be totally, completely debt-free. Debt-free. That is God's highest and it's his best. And that's what we're believing for in 2021. So that's all of what we owe right there. Just this church property. And uh, I'm going to talk to you more about that in the coming weeks. I'm still praying about how to present that vision to you and exactly the way the Lord would have us go about it. But right now, just know that this is what we're believing God to see accomplished to get this church paid for. Now, in um, this next part, this is where we're going to spend a little bit of time, the time that we have left today, in believing big. Because in this house, we believe big. Um, The first part of this vision the first thing we've put on this list is hosting Dedication Weekend. Now, we've talked to you a little bit about Dedication Weekend, but that's coming up May 22nd through the 23rd, and this is going to be a very significant and a very special day in the life of this church. This is not something we're going to do just out of habit or tradition or just because other people do. This is a big deal in the eyes of God. When you dedicate, be it this temple or your own temple, You're saying to the Lord, I dedicate this to you. And what you're saying to him is this is consecrated to you. This is separated to you. And we are inviting you into it. Have your way in this place. Show yourself strong. Let your presence be manifested here. And it's going to be a very, very special day. Our entire staff right now is working towards this day. I was looking at it. I think we've got 84 days between now and then. And it's all hands on deck. There's going to be a number of changes that take place in the sanctuary, behind some of these walls. And as we can, we're going to spill out into the rest of the church. Still a lot of work to do. But this is a special day. And part of hosting Dedication Weekend is having these ministers come in and talk to you. Number one, on that Saturday night, Brother Kenneth Copeland, my grandfather, is going to come and speak to us. And uh, we're excited about that. Um, and then on Sunday morning, Pastor Keith Moore from Faith Life Church in Branson is going to come speak to us. Now, some of you may be familiar with these ministries. Maybe you're not. The reason we're having these two particular ministries come is not just because Kenneth Copeland's my papa or we've got uh, you know relationship with the Moors for a long time. It's more significant than that. These two ministries, in more ways than one, helped give birth to this church. Amen. And I want to be able to tell you more about it. I can't get into it right now. We'd spend the rest of the time talking about it. But there is really no way to put into words what these ministries 
have done for Sarah and I personally. Of course, I grew up in the Copeland house and so much of who I am now is the result of, of the atmosphere I grew up in. But even when it comes to this church, these two ministries sowed so big into you. Uh, so, I don't, again, I don't even know how to put it into words. Um, but, but not just materially, more than that, the, fine, or the um, spiritual input they've had into our lives and into this church. Uh, again, Lord, how do you say it? And all I want to do in the time that we have together with them is somehow show our thanks and our appreciation and our honor. honor. And we're not just honoring two men or individuals. We're honoring God in them and saying, thank you, Lord. So part of our big vision for hosting Dedication Weekend is to be a big blessing to these two ministries. And in the weeks leading up to it, what we're going to do as a church is we're going to start setting aside a percentage of every offering that comes in for weeks and weeks leading up to it. And we are going to turn, when those ministers come, we're going to be able to say, thank you. Thank you for pouring into this church. Thank you for helping us build this place. We want to honor God by honoring you. So number one on this vision, we want to host Dedication Weekend. We have a number of things we want to get ready for that. Uh, number two on this vision list, we really want to do some sanctuary finishes, and that has to do with Dedication Weekend, but we want to add some additional lighting. We want to do a backdrop. If this looks unfinished to you, it's because it's unfinished, okay? Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of what we're working with right now. This is not finished. It's, it's kind of changing all the time. But just in the additional lighting and doing some of the uh, backdrops and stage finishes, we're talking about somewhere between seventy dollars and $100,000 that still needs to be spent on finishing this place out. And that's what we have in our hearts to do. We want to finish out some things in our speaker's room right now and get this sanctuary ready to be dedicated to the Lord. Is there anything else you want to add about that? Uh, next on this vision list, this is a big one to us. We want to invest in and expand the Legacy TV outreach. You may not know this, but we've had a television ministry since 2016, and the Lord's blessed it, and I know He's used it. But it's just sort of been going along, and I believe we've been waiting for the, the birth of this church, the launch of this church, to have, to have that next thing to, to minister uh, to minister with, to minister through. And I believe that Legacy TV, we talk about being a local church with a global call. There's the global call. That's how we reach nations. And it's a big part of this ministry and the, and the Lord has not released us from this television ministry. As a matter of fact, there's vision coming up right now. Expand, expand, expand. I think we're on uh, two, maybe three networks, a couple here in the United States, one internationally, but it's time to expand that. And um, people ask us and have asked us for years, what's your demographic? Who are you going after? Which I've never really been crazy about that question. You know what Paul said? He said, we want to preach the word everywhere to everyone, to all men. So our demographic would be everybody. <laughs> And, and there was something the Lord dealt with us about regarding television years ago. He said, I want you reaching out to everyone, everywhere, every day. Everyone, everywhere, every day. Now, you can't do that on your own. You've got to have outlets like these, and you've got to have a family that's helping you build that and support that. So this year, we are going to invest in and expand big time the outreach, the global call of your church, 
Legacy TV. Does that seem good to you? Okay. Um, Moving on, I'd love for you to talk about this one, Sarah. We have plans to write new music, record, and release new original music out of Legacy Church. Uh, Two of the songs that you heard this morning that we worshiped with today, these are original songs that are coming out of this church. Much of what we do here comes out uh, of Sarah's heart and her brother Jordan. We're writing together as a team. Is there anything you want to say specifically? We're just believing God. Also with the television ministry and expansion and with the music ministry and expansion. Um, we're believing God for a f- full-time staff that are going to be dedicated to music and going to be dedicated to um, the television ministry. Yeah. So media, yeah. those kind of things. So if you want to believe with us, so we would totally pr- appreciate your prayers and thanking the Lord with us daily for the right people in the right places on this staff. Because um, when we have everybody in their right place, things just go to a new level. And so um, it's super exciting. You know, I heard Papa um, Copeland say this years and years ago. He said, every great move of God has a move, a great move of worship with it, the music that follows it and goes with it. And if you look throughout the word of God, that was always the case. The, the music and the worship would be played and then the prophet would speak. And, um, or it, just the rejoicing and how the glory of the Lord would fill the house of God, how precious and important it is to God. And so that is a big part of our calling here that may look unlike other churches is to have an authentic, original sound that comes out of the, what the Spirit of God is doing in this place. So if you can believe God with us, we would highly appreciate it because we're going to be writing new songs in the next few months. We're going to be getting ready and moving towards recording those. And that will be coming out of this church all the time. So the goal is that we would um, write and record new music that would reach the nations of the earth. And how cool would it be? I mean, if you're going to invite somebody to church, be able to put some music in your hand and put some music in their hand and say, this is my church. This is what's coming out of my church. Come with me. You're going to love it. So uh, that's one of our big vision items this year is to record new music. And we'll talk more about that in the future, of course, as well. Um, We put on here uh, that we want to see our service teams grow. Sarah's talked to you quite a bit already today about the service culture of this church. If you're not yet on a service team, if this is your place, you need to be serving. You need to find a place to serve. And today on your way out, uh, help me out with this, guys. We're going to have some forms, I believe, for, uh, available to you. We've got service team forms for you to fill out. And like Sarah said, just be willing to serve. Don't be so picky that it's like, well, that's not me and that's not me and that's no, just, just be, have that, that justice mentality wherever I'm needed. I love that wherever I'm needed. So we want to see our service teams grow this year. And then I mentioned this to you as well. We want to see this church property paid off and we're going to start calling this place paid for. Now, part of this is we have, we never told you about this, but we have a building that we still own in Texas. And it's been on the market since we moved here. And we're believing God to see that place sold. Guys, do you have a picture of that church property? Put that up for us. That is our building in Texas. We bought it. It was an empty warehouse. Um, The Lord enabled us to pay cash for it and to pay cash to build out the whole interior. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Um, Again, I hesitate to say this, but Sarah did a great job building this. uh, (laughs) 
she did. She designed it, uh, and the Lord really helped us. It's a, it was a beautiful place to have an office, and it's been on the market now for some time. But we're calling this place paid for, and we're totally debt-free on it. So once it's sold, uh, we can take a huge chunk of that and put it in to the principle of, the, uh, principle of this building, if that's the way the Lord would have us do it. Um, but one of our big uh, vision items this year is to get this church paid for. What happens if you come to December and it's not paid for? That's easy. Keep believing. Amen. Keep calling it paid for. Keep calling. Just stay with it. So that's a uh, one of the big things we're putting on the vision list this year. Next on this vision list is a lobby remodel and expansion. Now the church is already filling up. And if you've noticed that lobby is kind of, it's like a sardine can out there. If you want to try to fit a few hundred people through it, we need to expand. So we've already got plans to take out some walls and build a beautiful lobby out there, a place where you can fellowship and spend time talking to one another. I know it's hard to do right now, but be in agreement with us that we'll be able to get moving on that. We've got some great plans to expand. Plan to expand. Has anybody got plans to expand in your own life this year? Your own home, your own property. Well, get some vision in you and sow some seed towards it. Every seed produces after its own kind. Uh, speaking of expansion, next on the list, we need to expand the parking lot. Somebody say amen to that. Uh, this is one of the things that will hinder the growth of this church and we don't want anything to hinder it. So we want to expand the parking lot. Do you have a picture of the lot that we bought? This is just an empty lot right now, but uh, you may have noticed that um, months ago there were uh, RVs and storage units, all that kind of thing parked here. Well, the Lord by uh, a miracle really enabled us to get this what is it, babe? An, an acre or two, somewhere between, over an acre, yeah, over an acre, somewhere between uh, one and two acres. And there's great room down there to expand the parking lot. Now it is a bit further from the church, of course. So that is why we're adding to this um, shuttle buses and vans. Um, we want to be able to get people to where they're not having to walk uh, miles just to go to church. So we want you to be able to park your car and then catch a ride up the hill to the church. Part of this expansion of the parking lot is to improve the entry. And this is something that we have to work with the Colorado Department of Transportation on. Uh, oh, government, we love you. We bless you in Jesus' name. <laughs> But being this close to Highway 24, of course, they have a lot to say about uh, how you get onto your property, how you get off your property. And it's just in an effort to keep people safe, which is what we're all about as well. But included in that, they want us to uh, build deceleration lanes and acceleration lanes coming out of the church. Uh, so we're in faith on that right now. I want to see God do some miracles there. Um, otherwise, that, that's, it's a hefty price tag on that. You can imagine what that might be. But man, God's done so much to get us into this place already. This is a small thing for him. Small thing for him. So we've got plans to expand. Expand the lobby, expand the parking, uh, even down onto 24. Not parking on 24. You understand. 
All right. Another big vision item this year. We want to invest in our children's ministry. There's a few things that our kids need right now. We want to put a great sound system in there, new lighting and audio. I want this to be an exciting place for our kids to go to church. They need to want to come to church. They don't, I don't want your kid waking up on Sunday dragging, oh, we got to go again. No. Well, we want them excited. We want them waking you up. Come on, get up. It's time to go to church. Go to church. And it can be that, but we're going to invest into it. We want to see some children's play areas, uh, inside, outside, however we can get it accomplished. Uh, these are just some vision pictures. Um, these are just things that we keep in front of us. I'm not saying it ends up looking exactly like that, but you keep something in front of you. So do this in your own home. If there's something you're believing God for, keep it in front of you. Make, get a picture of it and um, it helps it keep it in your heart, keep it fresh to you. The kids areas need some additional classroom furniture. They need some new decor. And those are some things we want to invest in this year. Uh, moving on, we want to build out our administrative offices. We have offices on the second floor of this building. And I'm so thankful for the patience of our staff. We have not spent any time or any money building those out. So those spaces need a lot of love, but our staff is on the same page with us. They prioritized this sanctuary, our children's areas and your space first. So we want them to have a beautiful place to come to work. And we want to make progress on that this year. I'm going to try to move quickly through the rest of these. Maybe you want to mention something about this, updating our commercial kitchen. In the kids' room right now, which is actually our hospitality room, temporary kids, we, are, um, we have a gigantic commercial kitchen. And it was one thing that we really wanted before we, when we were looking for a property because our desire is to really minister um, to people when they come in for our future conferences, uh, when we have ministers' conferences, when we do things. We want to be able to bless people. We want to cook them, you know, five, six-course dinners. Is that a thing? Um, good. Yeah, meals, I should say. I'm from the South, so dinners, that's what we call it. Um, so make some good meals and bless them and just treat them and tell them how thankful we are that they're in ministry. You know, some people go their whole life and no one ever tells them thank you for what they do for the kingdom. But we want to be able to minister hospitality to the needs of the saints. And that's what Romans chapter 12 tells us to do. But that hospitality room back there, um, that big commercial kitchen, we're going to get in there and we're going to scrub it clean. We're going to get it all remodeled, all ready to go so we can get in there. Some of you people that are chefs in here and cooks and um, really good at those kind of things, get ready because you're going to get called on probably. Um, but anyway, we want to get that commercial kitchen updated and up and running. Um, included in our vision list this year, we need to do some landscaping. Um, county ordinances and requirements uh, require you to have a certain amount of landscaping. So we have 150 acres and who knows how many trees, but we still have to have some more landscaping. So be in agreement with us uh, on that this year, but I, I'm all for it. We want this place to be beautiful. It needs to point to the goodness of God. People need to drive onto this place and say, look how good God is. You know, we want it to be an, a, a, an excellent, excellent place. We want to complete some finishes throughout the building. Um, basically what we have right now is a clean canvas. If I had time, I'd take you through all the before and after pictures. Uh, most of you have seen those before, but uh, this place was rough and needed a lot of love, but our team got in here and scrubbed and cleaned and got up old carpet and mold. And you don't want to know what was going on in this building before we got it. It was legal, but probably shouldn't have been. Um, 
So it took a lot of work, but now that it's clean and, and got a fresh coat of paint, it's time to put some finishes throughout the building. So we want to do that this year and in the coming months as well. Um, restore and remodel the cabins. Uh, years ago when Sarah and I be- began believing God for a church property, a ministry property, we wanted a place that had cabins. And when we saw this place, this was one of the big indicators that we were looking in the right place. Uh, this property has a total of nine cabins on it. You can see four of them here. And they're really, these are not little cabins. These are like What is it, 2,500 square foot, five bedroom, two bathroom homes. I mean, they're beautiful places, but we've got so much vision for them. We want to see these things completely renovated and restored. We want to make them beautiful, and we want uh, ministers and missionaries to come in off the field and have a place to rest and get restored and come hear the word and bring their families or their staffs where they can come to a quiet place. We have such a heart for other ministers that that's what these cabins are all about. So as time goes by, you can see this right now. There's, there's more here than you could get done in a year, but it's time to start looking at it. So this is one of the big things we want to keep in front of us. And then finally, this is going to be the last thing on our list for today. We are believing God for another ministry airplane. Uh, this is something that Sarah and I have had in the past. We started our ministry, we were just a few months old and a businessman in Fort Worth called and said, I wanna give you my airplane. And he gave us a Cessna 421 and we flew that little twin engine airplane with our baby boy all over the country. And then, uh, yeah, preaching the gospel in and out of churches and conferences. And then what was it, a couple of years later, another minister said, I've got a jet that I wanna bless you with. And they gave us a Citation 500. We did the same thing, loaded that thing up and flew all over the place. Both of those airplanes, we sewed into other ministries. And what happens when you sow something? You reap. And we've been, this has been on our vision list for several years now. And we're gonna continue to believe God until we see it. And uh, if you have problems with preachers and airplanes, um, don't. I don't really... You need to understand, listen, it's just a piece of equipment. That's all it is. It's a tool to get the job done. And, you know, people... God is a big God. He can take care of that. People who have issue with this sometimes, they they want to take you back. Well, Jesus walked everywhere. Well, then what are you doing with a car? It's it's a silly way of thinking. Uh, But think about it in these terms. I mean, in in every arena, the tools have gotten better. The ability has increased. And it's like, you know, if you've got somebody who builds homes, like, well, what are you doing with those electrical equipment? You need to just go back to hammers. Well, that, that would be foolish, right? To go back to something that doesn't help you get the job done. That's all that is, is getting the job done. And we've had them, like I've said in the past, and they are great pieces of equipment to help you do what God's called you to do. And it may not be for everybody and that's fine, but we know that this is something the Lord's asked us to believe him for. We're not asking you to do something about it. That's between you and him. All we're asking for is faith. All we're asking for is agreement. So this, this kind of equipment enables you to save so much time that you would have wasted. It enables you to be more present and more available in church When you're traveling and you're preaching the gospel, God hasn't totally released us from ministering outside of this church. That's that's the understanding that we have to explain about the airplane. But 
you know, if you want to go out and do everything he's called you to do and be in tip top shape to be here for you on Sunday morning, having this kind of equipment is huge. If you want to uh, live a longer lifespan, this kind of equipment is huge. It saves time. It saves energy. It saves, it, it is, it's huge for um, longevity. Yeah. So, And you may not know this, but at least once a month, I'm still going out. I'm traveling quite a bit still, and we can see that increasing in, not right away, but in the time to come. It's a big part of this ministry. We're a local church, but we've got a what? A global call, and this is a big part of that. So that is the vision list as it stands for 2021 and beyond. And like I've said, we are, our big goal is to make progress on these things this year. In your own vision list, that's what you want to see. Don't treat the end of the year like some deadline. What you want to be able to see is progress. Are we making progress? Are we further down the road than when we started? And the reason we put these things in writing and we keep them in front of us is so that we can see the progress and say, look what the Lord Amen. has done. Amen. So if you were just to look at the financial value of all this, we are literally talking about millions upon millions of dollars, which is why I'm not looking to you as the source. Yes. I can't tell you how liberating that is to not look out here and see a bunch of dollar signs. I don't do that to you. I hope you're thankful for that, but I am so grateful to be free and to not have that in my heart. I can look at you and instead of trying to get something from you, I am motivated by what I can get to you, by what we can minister to you, how we can serve you. All we're asking for is your faith. All we're asking for is your agreement. And if this is your place, what you do for this vision financially is between you and Jesus. That's not between me and you. Okay. That's between you and him. So today what we're doing, we've arranged the service of our, uh, order of our service a little differently. Uh, instead of doing offering at the beginning, I wanted to pre present the vision to you and then give you an opportunity to go before the Lord and say, how do you want me to sow into this? And this isn't, you know, this, it's not your last opportunity to do it. There's nothing to designate today. Just sow into the general operations, but I want you to see what it's going towards today. And I believe the Lord dealt with me and Sarah that today we are increasing our giving because we believe in this. Amen. And I feel like it's important that you see that and you know that. We're not asking you to do something that we're not doing. We believe in this. This is big to us and we believe we've heard from God. And uh, as you get ready to sow today, if you need an envelope for cash or credit card giving, raise your hand. Our ushers have one for you. They'll get one to you. And again, just find out. If you're new, if you're still checking it out, there's, we're not asking you to do anything. Don't do anything the Lord hasn't told you to do. Okay? Find out from him if you've got an assignment and if you do, do it. That's as simple as it is. But if he's not assigned you here or to sow here, you need to know there is somewhere that he's assigned you to and a place you need to sow into. While they're passing that out today, let me read to you from the book of Genesis chapter 22. You know this whole account. I won't read it all to you, but you remember when God spoke to a man named Abraham and said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and offer him as a burnt sacrifice to the Lord. And you know the whole story. Abraham got up the next day. He got Isaac. He got his servants. He got the wood and they began to go out to the place where the Lord said he would show them to go. And along their journey, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off. And he told his servants, you wait here. The lad and I will go and worship and we will return. And while they're going, Isaac looked at his father and said, father, I see the wood uh, for the offering, but where's the lamb? And Abraham said, my son, 
God will provide for himself a lamb. And you know the whole account. Abraham, in total obedience and submission to God, built the altar, put Isaac on the altar, tied him to it. And in verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. I like this verse 14. You ready? Abraham called the name of the place. The Lord will provide. And if you look that up, that is that, that redemptive name of God, Jehovah Jireh. Now we call God that, but Abraham called that place that. Why? Because that's where God provided. I'm naming this place, he said, God will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I've sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and not withheld your son, your only son, blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. Are you ready? Here comes the vision. Your descendants will be as the stars of the heaven and as the sand, which is on the seashore, your descendants will possess the gate of their enemies in your seed. Somebody say your seed in your seed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. He's getting this vision from God. This this global vision in your seed, the nations of the earth will be blessed. But it all started with his willingness to sow. And because he was willing to sow and because he was confident that the Lord would provide for himself a seed, then the Lord was able to say in your seed, I'm going to bless nations. And I want you to see that because in your seed today that you're sowing into this, you are being a blessing to nations. You and I are a part of the fulfillment of that scripture. And I love what Abraham did, and it's what I'm going to do. It's what we're going to do, and it's what I'm telling you, you need to do. Call the name of your place, the Lord will provide. This old house, don't call it this old house anymore. Don't call it this old beat up place. Don't call your car a junker. Don't call your car worn out and beat down. Don't call your stuff ugly. Don't call your stuff junk. If you need something better, call your stuff. The Lord will provide. So when it comes to this place, yeah, we owe on it. But instead of calling it some financial burden, you know what I call this place? The Lord will provide. You know what I call our house? The Lord will provide. You know what I call our cars? The Lord will provide. What do you call your house? The Lord will provide. Amen. Now he does it in your seed, in your seed, in your seed is the blessing of the Lord. So father, we come before you with our seed today at the direction of your Holy spirit. We sowed in this offering today by obedience to you. And we're sowing into the vision. These things you've asked us to put in front of us, things you've asked us to believe you for and to trust you for. 
So whether, Lord, it's the dedication weekend or the payoff of this property or the improvements to the, to the lobby and to the parking lot and the improvements throughout the building and the improvements to our children's area, the improvements to the cabins and everything you've asked us to do, everything from what goes on here at this church to the outreach of Legacy Television and the outreach, that, the, the traveling ministry of this, of, of, this, of this ministry. We trust you for all of it. And according to your word, you you are the God who will provide. The pressure's not on us. We cast the care of it onto you. And we sow today with a glad heart. And the only reason we have anything to sow is because you've been a blessing to us. And we return to you what belongs to you. And we add to it, Lord, out of our own faith and our own love and appreciation for what you've done and for all that's yet to come. We worship you today with our offering. We ask you to see it and receive it and open up the windows of heaven above us. Pour out a blessing so much there's not even room enough to contain it. And Sarah and I come into agreement with you and with your word, with each other and with this congregation. And we call them blessed, increased and multiplied. And may everything you set your hand to do in God prosper in Jesus name. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're giving by cash or credit, you can use that envelope. If you're watching online, you can give today at LegacyChurch.Family. If you're texting to give, you can do it by texting Legacy in any dollar amount to 28950. Was there something else I needed to say? Yes, we are. We're going to receive our offering. And then before we dismiss you, we're going to pray over the, all, all our vision lists together. So ushers, go ahead and wait on the people. Let's worship the Lord with our giving. So get your vision list, if you brought it with you this morning, or if you made some notes while you were in service, and together we're going to hold these things up as a sign of our faith, believing that we've heard from God, and that's what happens. When you hear the word, faith comes. So this is Sarah and I's personal vision list for our family and our home. It includes our children's. Here's the one for our church family, and we're coming into agreement with you concerning your vision. And as the Lord brings these things to pass, what do you do next? Tell us, tell us. We want to tell everybody about it. All right. And you watch, it's going to happen. You watch, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. Father, we come before you in Jesus name. And we thank you, Lord, that you have put in us vision for the future. And we know that your plan is good. You have a a plan for us to give us a hope and a future, nothing evil in it and only good. And we ask you by the help of your Holy Spirit to give us eyes that see the things that are yet to come. Lord, we as a church family have been obedient to you to write the vision, to make it plain so that we can run with it. And we hold our vision before you today. Lord, I believe these are things that came up out of your spirit. There are things that you want to do, things that you want to accomplish in this place. So as far as paying for it, we cast all the care over onto you. Lord, we ask you to lead us. Where would you have us sow? How would you have us serve? Give us clear direction on it, Father. We'll be quick to be obedient. Lord, concerning the debts uh, of this church and people represented in this church, we call every debt paid in Jesus' name. Paid for. Lord, we ask you to bring in extra to every one of us and tell us, Lord, be, be quick to show us that it's, it's to put on that debt and to get that thing taken care of because we believe your plan for our lives is total freedom in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. 
and concerning the big vision, the things you're asking us to do and the things you're asking us to possess, we're willing, Father. And we know that nothing is impossible for you and nothing is impossible for us because we believe in you. And, and Sarah and I come into agreement with our church family and the secret petitions of their heart. And we ask you, Father, show yourself strong. Be faithful, Lord, to do what only you can do. And we call this vision completed. We call it paid for. And we believe that as we come to the end of this year, we'll be able to look back and say, look how far we've come. Look at the progress you've enabled us to make. Well, Lord, we'll keep it in front of us. We ask you to strengthen us to run with the vision. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Is there anything else you want to add to this today? Well, thank you for being patient. Like we said earlier, if it's your first time with us, this is different. We're not going to be doing this again next week. So come back, get the word, get in the presence of God. And we are believing with you all this week long that by his help, by his grace, grace, and by the leadership of his spirit, you will always be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people in Jesus name. We love you so much. You are dismissed. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.